take these, all these questions that you give and then we break them down and we put them into six different um, sermons. And today we're doing the first sermon. And the number one question we got, and the number one question we get almost every single year is the question, what's God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? It's a question about purpose. What is my purpose? What am I here for? Why does God even have me on this earth? Can you just bring me down a little bit in the monitor sound team? Uh, what is God's purpose in my life? Why does he have me here? And that's the question that arises every year out of this congregation. Over and over and over, people are asking that question. Now, for some of you, you're, you're, you're fortunate, and then maybe you've never even asked that question. Maybe you've, you've, from the day you were born, you go, look, I know what I'm here to do. I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm all about. Got my identity figured out, and I'm, I'm just tracking, right? But a lot of us don't have the luxury of just knowing that right out of the gate. So we ask this question. Uh, this question is near and dear to my heart. I remember as a young man spending a significant amount of time going, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? What have you made me for? Why am I here, right? And in retrospect, the answer was actually pretty obvious. God was telling me what he wanted me to do with my life. But I didn't like the answer that he was giving, so I just kept asking the question. You ever do that? He was like, but, but, no, 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 yeah, I know, but what's really you, your purpose for my, my son does this. He's two years old. There's an app on my wife's phone uh, called uh, uh, Y2Kids. It's like U YT Kids. It's YouTube for children. And my two-year-old wants to get on my wife's phone and watch this app. And so he'll say in his two-year-old language, Mommy, why two, YT kids? YT kids. And my wife will say, no. No, 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 not doing that today. YT kids? No. YT kids? No. And finally, he's just learned this technique. He'll say, pictures? Can I look at the pictures on your phone? And my wife will go, oh, yeah, sure. Unlock the phone. Give my son the phone. And he navigates over to YT kids. Two years old. <laughs> Unbelievable. So a lot of times we're asking this question, God is trying to reveal the answer to us, and we're, not, we're just not getting it. So I, what I want to do today is I just want to spend some time unpacking this question. Because when we know our purpose, when we're living in our purpose, when we are living a life full of meaning and power and strength and purpose, it transforms our life. It transforms everything that we do. And a lot of times we ask this question not just when we're young, but when we're in a life transition. So when somebody loses a spouse, they begin to ask the question, God, what's, what's your purpose for my life now? When somebody goes through a divorce, they start to ask the question, wait a minute, what, what, I, I get disoriented, what's my purpose? When somebody moves from one location to another, they, go, they start to re-examine that question, what is my purpose? Somebody loses a child, they begin to re-examine their life and go, okay, wait, what is my purpose, right? God, what have you done uh, what are you doing in my life? What, what do you want me to do? Somebody reaches retirement age. They begin to go, what's my purpose? Somebody heads off to college a lot of times. They start to examine that question. Somebody graduates from college. They begin to examine that question. So at some point in your life, you've probably either asked this question or you're about to ask this question. So I want to just spend some time on this vitally, vitally important question. Even in our work, when we have a sense of meaning and purpose, it changes the way we work. There was a survey uh, by Gallup um, a while back, and they were asking this question um, about purpose and meaning and a sense of calling in your work. Here's what they found. They found that only 30% of U.S. workers 
are actively engaged in their work. So only three out of ten people say, you know what, I've got a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, even a sense of calling maybe in my work. Seventy percent of respondents are either not engaged or they are actively disengaged. Actively disengaged means you're actually trying to disrupt the work that the 30% are doing. You're at your job going, how can I sabotage this, right? Because there's no sense of meaning, there's no sense of purpose, there's no sense of calling in what they're doing, right? So the bottom line is this, when we understand our purpose, our life is just better. We're more engaged, there's greater joy, there's greater fulfillment, and God wants us to understand our purpose. We're not here arbitrarily. We're not here accidentally. And so God is, is trying to reveal his purpose for us in our life. So what I'm going to do is I'm taking this sermon and I'm going to separate it out into two parts. Today we're going to look at the general purpose for which God made all of us. And then next week we're going to look at the specific purpose. So there's the general purpose and the specific purpose. And next week we look at the nuts and bolts of like, what's the actual specific thing that God is directing me to do? But today we're going to spend some time exploring what has God created all of us to do? Because unless we understand this general purpose, unless we understand the purpose for which all of us were made, we never actually get to the specific purpose. So I, my goal for you today, for every single person in here today, is that when you leave here today, you can articulate specifically what your general purpose is, all right? That you can leave here today and go, I understand why I was made. I understand why I was created and put on this earth. I understand. Because the Bible actually gives us really, really clear direction about this. It gives us really clear understanding of what our purpose is. So here's our big idea. Are you ready? Here's our big idea. And this is it for today's sermon. Your purpose, according to the scripture, is this. You can write this down in your notes. And if you don't have your notes out, write it down on your hand. This is so important. Your purpose, according to the scripture, is to glorify God right here and right now. If you take the, the prophets and the Psalms and the epistles and the gospels and you take all of that and you put that all together and condense it down into one thing, your purpose in life is to bring glory to God. Your purpose is to glorify God. In fact, let's all try this on for a moment. Okay, I'm going to say it, and let's, we'll all say it together. We'll say my purpose is to uh, glorify God right here and right now. And even if you're not sure, even if you're not absolutely sure this is your purpose, try this, try this statement on. Like, put it on like a shirt. And if it doesn't fit, take it off. Because I think it's, you're, you're going to find that it's, it's, it resonates with you. So let's say this together, all right? We'll say my purpose. Ready? My purpose in life is to glorify God right here and right now. We got it? Awesome. You're dismissed. You guys have an awesome Sunday. One of these days I am going to do that. And I'm literally going to walk off and Ernest is going to come up here and worship and we'll be done. Um, but not today. Okay. Uh, let me give you uh, some scripture uh, about this idea. 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, whatever you do, whatever it is, do it all for the Glory of God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, You were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Isaiah 43 says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everybody who is called by my name, whom I created, why? Why did I create you? For my glory. Throughout the scripture, over and over, the scripture says, 
You were made to bring glory to God. That's the reason that you were fashioned. That's the reason you were formed. That's the reason you were created, to bring glory to God. So the immediate question that has to arise for all of us is, okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean to glorify God? Glorifying God sounds like a church thing, like a church phrase. Like glorify God just sounds so abstract, so out there. Like what does that mean, right? Because the, the problem is when we use glorify, we use it in a different way. When we talk about glorify in our common vernacular, we use it as giving uh, honor to something to which honor is not due. So we'll say something like, you know what, that movie really glorified violence. And what we mean by that is that movie made violence seem, you know, uh, uh, valuable or admirable and really it's not, right? Or we'll say, has anybody ever seen The Office, the show The Office, right? Okay, good. You guys will like this. The rest of you will be like, what are you even talking about? But um, there's a character in The Office. His name is Dwight Schrute, right? I just say the name and, and people laugh. So Dwight Schrute, he's always trying to glorify his position. And he always set, calls himself, he's like, I'm the assistant regional manager at the office in this company. I'm the assistant regional manager. And his boss, uh, uh, Michael Scott, always has to say, no, Dwight, you're the assistant to the regional manager. Right? You're not the assistant regional You're the assistant to. But he's trying to glorify, right? He's trying to elevate uh, what his real position. The worst offender of gl false glorification in our society is um, fast food commercials. If you ever watch a fast food commercial, like you watch a McDonald's commercial, and they've got a Big Mac on there, and it's like in slow-mo, the bun comes, and it like, bang, it like hits the table, kind of bounces, and then the burger just pop, and it's sizzling, there's steam, then a nice wedge of lettuce, crispy lettuce falls, it's like little twig of water, little, little drop goes flying, right, the sesame seeds come falling onto the bun, and then you go there, and it's this wilted, sad looking little, you know, it's like... That's a glorifying of the burger, right? But the Bible, that's why we have this all confused. The Bible, when it's talking about glorifying God, it's just almost just the opposite. It's saying glorifying God means you are giving an accurate depiction of who God is with your life. Your life is an accurate reflection, an accurate picture of God's real nature, of his real character. The problem is, all of us in our life give a distorted picture of God's true nature and God's true character. It's hard to give an accurate depiction of God because we'll, we'll have a moment where we just lose our temper and suddenly, you know, we're impatient or we, we, we act in a way, we act unkindly to someone or we're not compassionate or we turn away from somebody in need, right? And so that's not an accurate picture of who God is. It's a distorted picture of who God is. But we're all, we all do it all the time. And God is saying, your purpose is to push towards accurately reflecting my true nature and my, who I really am. I tried to, you know, this is such a big concept. This is such a big abstract concept. This week I thought, I need to give a visual of what, what this means. I'm a visual thinker, and so I need to give a visual. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I started looking around. Have, have you ever seen the app called um, a Magic Mirror? Anybody you know that app? Okay. It's, a, it's an app that you can download. And there are other ones. And it, it'll, you can take your picture with it, and it distorts the image of whatever it is reflecting. Right? So whatever you're taking a picture of, it distorts the image, and they have different softwares for it. But you, can, you, see, you know what it's trying to be, but it's like a distorted picture of it. 
So I went online this week, and I got some research for you, okay? I got some distorted pictures where you kind of know what it is. You actually, you do know what it is, but it's not exactly right. So here's the first one. I don't know if you know who that is, right? Yeah, I know. It's kind of it's scary, isn't it? Right, Tom Cruise. So it's not quite, I mean, it's there, but it's right. Here's the next one. Take a look at the next one. I mean, it's just like, it's not right. It's not right. You know who it is, right? And then you look at the next one. There's another one here. Yeah, Julia. There's Julia. It's, it's a distorted image of her. I actually downloaded the app on my phone. I just thought, you know, let me try it out. So go ahead and just, just real quickly. Yeah, that's right. It's like, that's terrifying, right? My children cried when I showed them that picture. All right, take that off before everybody leaves the church. Thank you. All right. But that's, that's what happens, you know, when we're living a life that doesn't reflect the actual character, the actual nature of God. It distorts our understanding and our view of God, and it distorts the view of God of those who witness our conduct and our behavior and our life. So what we're going to talk about is how do we live this out? How do we live a life that actually glorifies God, that depicts him in the true light of who he is, that's not presenting a distorted image of him? And what is so powerful about this, and this is what I want you to grab a hold of. This is so important. Grab this, okay? What is so important about understanding that your purpose is to glorify God is that if that's your purpose, you can begin to fulfill your purpose right here and right now. You don't have to grope for your purpose. You don't have to try to wait for God to reveal it in a lightning bolt. You can begin to fulfill your purpose right here and right now. If your purpose, if your purpose is to glorify God in your actions, your thoughts, your words, your conduct, you can begin to do that right here and right now. You can begin fulfilling your purpose today. You do not have to wait for God to reveal it to you. You can do it today. You don't have to have the perfect job to begin fulfilling your purpose. You can begin reflecting the true character of God in your current work situation, no matter how crummy it is. You might feel like Dwight Schrute, right now and you just want to advance yourself but you can begin to fulfill your purpose right here and right now you don't have to be in the perfect circumstance relationship uh you don't have to be in the perfect you don't have to be in the perfect anything you be, you can begin to fulfill your purpose in life right here and right now so what i'm going to do for the next t minus 10 minutes is i want to give you six core principles about how to fulfill your purpose right here and right now from the scripture because it's one thing to hear somebody say all you got to do is glorify god just glorify god right but it's an entirely different thing to say okay so how do i do that how do i walk this out so i want you to to get a hold of this you guys because really honestly this is probably the most important one of the most important things you can learn from the scripture is how to fulfill your purpose right here and right now so i'm going to go through these i'm going to go through them kind of fast because there's a bunch of them so take notes uh, and we'll get through it. Number one, we fulfill our purpose when we get real with our past. We fulfill our purpose, we glorify God when we get real with our past. Uh, several years ago, and I've told this little bit of this before, but several years ago, um, when uh, I was not a Christian, my father had gotten sick, and it sort of made me start to reevaluate my life, and uh, began to re-examine my purpose. What's my purpose? And I remember going to uh, a, a grief counselor. Her name was Willetta. 
And I went to go and talk to her. I'd never done that before, but um, some people had recommended that I should. Like all my friends were like, you should go see a counselor. Cause, uh, so, uh, so I went, and, and, I, and I went and I started to speak to this, this woman. She was a Christian counselor. Uh, and what happened is in that se- in, during those sessions, during those times spending with her, I started opening up and I started saying everything. I told her everything I'd ever thought, everything I'd ever said, everything I'd ever done. It just started pouring out of me. And God began to use that experience in my life to help me fulfill my purpose. Because getting real with your past is a prerequisite to fulfilling your future purpose. You've got to get real with your past. Look at the scripture. It says uh, from Joshua seven nineteen. it says, Give glory to the Lord. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. When we bury our past, we cannot give glory to God and we cannot fulfill our purpose. Those two things are connected. Giving glory to God is tied to your willingness to get real and reveal your past. Look at another scripture. I love this from Proverbs. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces their sins finds mercy. When you get real with your past, you begin to fulfill your purpose. And you can begin to do that right here, right now, today. I want to encourage you, those of you, especially if you're struggling with your purpose, or those of you who are trapped by something in your past, some regret, some some uh, pain, some wound, some, something in your past that is locking you down and paralyzing you and keeping you from moving into your purpose, I want to invite you to, to let us know. Put it on a connection card. You can just write, you can write counselor or you can write past. You can, you can be as cryptic as you want. You can just write C and put a circle on it and put it in the connection card. And we'll reach out confidentially and we can connect you with counselors. We have counselors and spiritual advisors and leaders in our congregation. And we also have access to um, uh, licensed counselors um, outside of our congregation. So if there's anything that you need to unload and open up because you need to start fulfilling your purpose and revealing your past, let us know and we will connect you with someone. And I would strongly urge you to do that. It was absolutely life-transforming for me, and I know it will be for you, the Scripture tells us. All right, that's number one. Number two, we fulfill our purpose when we trust God with our future. When we trust God with our future. Tennis star Arthur Ashe, number one ranked professional tennis player in the world during the late 60s, early 70s. He won three Grand Slams. He was the first African-American player selected to the United States Davis Cup team. The only African-American man to ever win the singles at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, or the Australian Open. And more importantly, he was a man who had a profound faith in Christ. He, he had a profound Christian faith. And he has this quote that I love. He, he, and he was talking about sports figures. Here's what he said. He said, there is a syndrome in sports called paralysis by analysis. Have you ever heard that phrase? Paralysis by analysis. It's the, it's the sort of paralysis you experience by overanalyzing everything. Right? You start to wonder, like, it happens in sports and, and people choke. You know, you go up to do a layup and you start thinking about the mechanics of doing the layup and you miss the layup. Or you try to do a putt and, and you know, you start thinking about how am I holding my head, how am I... And as you're thinking, you're overanalyzing it and you miss the putt, right? You choke. Um, or you try to pass the baton as our, as our Olympic team has done so many years and think about it too much and drop the baton, right? And Arthur Ashe is saying, like, 
you know, when you're overanalyzing everything, when you're, when you're full of anxiety or worry or tensed up, you can't perform well. The same thing happens in our life. We start to worry and be anxious about our future. We start to think, like, God, am I doing it exactly right? Am I saying it exactly right? What happens if I make a mistake? What happens if I go off track? Can I fulfill my purpose? Will I mess it up, right? And God is saying, look, I want you to trust me with your future. Look what it says in um, Romans 4. It says, it's talking about Abraham. Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. By, by putting your trust in God for your future, you're giving glory to God. You're actually fulfilling your, your purpose right here and right now by putting your trust in God. You tracking with that? Amen. Amen? Amen. All right, good. All right, number three. Uh, we fulfill our purpose when we express our gratitude to God. We fulfill our purpose when we express our gratitude to God. And you think, wait a minute, what does gratitude have to do with purpose? When you express gratitude, you are rightly reflecting your relationship with God. What else is there to say to the person who gave you life, who gave you breath, who has food on your table, who has relationship, gave you, you know, uh, you know, a family, friends, a spiritual family, a church. What else is there to say to that person but thank you, right? Thank you. Thank you, God, right? And when we begin to live out a life of gratitude, when we begin to express gratitude, that helps us to reflect the accurate depiction of who God is and the accurate, accurate depiction of who we are. So we actually begin to fulfill our purpose when we express gratitude to God. Look at the Psalms, 86. It says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will, come on, right? I will glorify. All of, all of these scriptures, in case you haven't caught it yet, have to do with how we glorify God, how we fulfill our purpose. We do it through gratitude. I've taken up the, the habit of trying every morning when I wake up, the very first thing to say out loud, or even in my heart, is to say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, right? And then I can start mumbling and complaining and whining. And, and then I got to go, thank you, wait a minute, thank you, right? Because I want to give an accurate depiction of who God is, right? And I, and I do that through gratitude. That, that helps me to fulfill my purpose right here and right now. Okay, number four. We fulfill our purpose when we submit our bodies to God. When we submit our bodies to God. God. And I'm going to explain this. In 1960, there was a physicist named Willis Whitfield, and he invented what is commonly now called a clean room. Some of you may be familiar with, with a clean room. A clean room is a room that is typically used in scientific research or for pharmaceutical development. It's a room where there are these highly developed filters, air filters, and they filter out all of the particles, all of the dust, all of the microbes, all of the contaminants that fill up a normal room. Right? So they sort of filter out the air and they create this space, this pristine space where scientific research can be conducted. It's called a clean room. God is saying in the scripture, I want the purpose of your body is to be a, a dwelling place for my spirit. In fact, let me read you the scripture and I'm going to explain here. Your bodies, it says, are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in 
your bodies or with your bodies. God is saying to us, and this is, this is a hugely profound concept that we just can skip over. The purpose of your body is not just a, a moving carbon box to, to walk your brain around. The purpose of your body is to be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. It's to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. He's saying create a clean room for the Holy Spirit. Because what you do with your body matters. What you do with your, how you treat your body matters. What you do with it in every respect, it matters. Because the purpose of your body is to be a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You are to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you can begin to fulfill your purpose when you say to God, God, this body belongs to you. It belongs to you. And you're a merciful, forgiving God, and we all make mistakes, but I'm submitting this body to you, and I want you to help walk, walk me along the path where I am living out a life with my body that is pleasing to you, that is a, a clean room for your Holy Spirit to dwell inside. Does that make sense? You understand that? Okay. And then uh, number five. I told you I was moving fast through these because I want to get through all this scripture. We fulfill our purpose when we declare God's greatness with our words. We begin to fulfill God, our, God's purpose for our life when we uh, declare his greatness with our words. My, my mom is here today, and I'm so glad she's here. Sharon Rome is here. Thank you for coming, Mom. Her father, C.H. Aiden, was a, a, a really wonderful, extremely well-respected pastor from the time he was, you know, maybe 20 uh, through until he died when he was 90. Um, and he, you know, he, he was just one of these faithful men of God. You just, you just knew he was reliable, he was there. As long as I can remember him, he was one of these guys who all, was, the praises of God was always on his lips, all the time. So if you spent the night at his house, about 5 o'clock in the morning, you'd hear him rustling around in the kitchen, and the two things you'd hear. You'd hear the pots and pans clanging together, right? Clang, clang, clang. And then you would hear him going, oh, thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just like literally like that. He would just walk around praising God all the time. And, you know, you'd be out, you know, on a walk with him. And, oh, pray, we just praise you, Lord. You're so great. You know, I can't do it quite like him. But it was like sing-songy, you know. He'd be like, thank you, Lord. We praise your name. I can't quite do it. But you understand. But anyway. And it was like all the time. And then you'd go in the store with him. And you're like, is he going to do that? And it's like, is that? And he would, but it would be like, kind of down. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Six ninety-five for that? Okay, great. Hallelujah. Thank you. Right? Praises of God were on his lips at all times. Right? And it was, it was actually beautiful once you got used to it. It was actually beautiful to, to see a man whose life was devoted to just praising God for his greatness. He was re- accurately reflecting the majesty, the power, the greatness, the wonder, the awe, the justice of God. All the time with his lips. The scripture says this, uh, Isaiah 42, let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise. With your mouth, you begin to fulfill your purpose when you begin to express with your mouth the glory and the greatness and the grandeur and the awe and the beauty of God. Now you don't have to you don't you don't have to be doing it all the time like that. But in conversation, sometimes it's good. That's why our life groups are there's one of the great things about those is you come together with other people and you can just praise God together. 
you know, what God, what's God doing in your life, man? What's God doing? Let's bless God. Let's praise him for his wonderful works in our life. We begin to fulfill our purpose right here, right now, when we declare his glory. When you're singing about God's glory, when we're in here singing about God's glory, we are fulfilling our purpose right here, right now, with our mouth. And this is the last one. You can come up and play on this one. I'm gonna, I told you it would be 10 minutes, and it's only been 13, so that's pretty good. Um, number six, we fulfill our purpose when we demonstrate God's character through our actions. This is the last one. And what's so important about this one? This is the final frontier. This is the big one. And the reason is, is that when we declare God's glory, when we give an accurate representation of who God is through our actions, it has a multiplying effect. Other people see those good works, and then they begin to glorify the God that we glorify. They see the way that we live, and they say, look, I don't know if I believe what they believe. I don't know if I'm on board with all the stuff that they're on board with. But you know what? I got to say, there's something important and valuable to what they're doing. Maybe I need to check it out. Maybe I need to look at the God they serve. The scripture says this. This is how Jesus said it. Let your light shine, he said, before men in such a way that they may see your good works and they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. So not only are you glorifying God through your good deeds, but you're inducing others to glorify God. You're, you're creating a space where other people now go, huh, I, you know, I, I want to see what they're doing. There's something going on. This is happening, you guys, at our church all the time, by the way. People are coming here. Some of them are you. And you're going, I just, I don't know. I just like to come there. I don't know what it is yet. And I'm not totally sure what it is. But I'm, I want to be there. I just want to check it out. Right? If you're looking for opportunities to find ways to glorify God through your good deeds, I want to invite you. There's so much that you can do. We're starting, we're starting uh, next Wednesday. In fact, the, the principal of Flynn Park Elementary School in University City is going to be here next Sunday. Okay? We're starting next Wednesday what we're calling Homework Club. And all it is is we're taking a group of people over there uh, to Flynn Park Elementary School from 3 to 4.30 and we're sitting down with the elementary kids whose parents for whatever reason cannot help them with their homework and we're going to help those kids with their homework and keep them from falling behind that's it that's the whole thing what's the program? homework that's it we're not going over to preach we're not going we're just going to sit down and help these kids with their homework why? we want our light to shine in our community we want, we want an opportunity for people to see our good works and glorify our Father in Heaven so we're just going to sit down with them. If you're, if you're retired and you've got time, or if you're a student and you've got a flexible schedule, or you're working and you've got some flexibility, 3 to 4.30 every Wednesday. Write it. You can write Homework Club on your connection card, and we'll reach out to you. A, a group of men gather here every Sunday morning. This, this kicked off two months ago. Every Sunday morning, a group of men gather here, and then a group of teenagers, young guys. And the older guys show the younger guys what it means to show up on time, what it means to follow through, what it means to work. They set up, they set up this whole environment. What it means, to, what it means to, to live out your responsibilities. And these guys are loving it. They got a t-shirt. This, this guy's got his t-shirt on right now, man. Step up, step up here just for a minute. Step up here just for a minute. Come on, come on, come on up here. Come here, I'll, I'll bring, come on all the way up, all the way up. You got it, you got it. Right here, look at that t-shirt. 
Dream big. These guys are the dream team right here, man. You're awesome, buddy. Proud of you. Proud of you. You want to jump down? You want to jump down or you want to Safeway? No, do it the unsafe. There you go. Cool. Um, they're making a difference in these guys' lives. They're showing up and they're just, they're, they're just setting up. But then they're, then they're going and having some coffee together and they're talking and they're just saying, here, here's what it looks like to glorify God. Our children's ministry, Lois Truman is our children's ministry leader. She's up there. She's training those teachers and they're glorifying God with their good works. I heard a story the other day that there was a, a, one of the students, one of the kids in our children's ministry had the option to go to um, Six Flags or Sunday school. And he said, I want to go to Sunday school. I said, that's, that's it. That's the story right there. But they're, show, they're, 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 they're displaying God's glory and they're teaching these kids. So the thing is, you can fulfill your purpose right here and right now just by submitting yourself to God, pursuing Him, putting out your good works, letting your light shine before others so that they may also glorify your God in heaven. And I'm going to end on this scripture. I just want to close on this one scripture. This is what Jesus said after teaching about all of this, what it means to fulfill your purpose, what it means to glorify God. He said, "This by this my Father is glorified. This is how my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. That you replicate yourself. That you shine your light to others. They find Christ and they begin to replicate right that you bear much fruit and then he said these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full the purpose that the, the reason he's teaching us this is not so we feel condemned not so so we feel we have this obligation this duty that we're just trying to live out the Christian life and somehow or other we'll cross the line oh Lord help me no he said I'm giving you this because I want you to know your purpose. I want you to be fulfilled. I want your joy to be full. I want you to experience what life is really all about. I don't want you just to survive. I don't want you just to get by. I want to take you further than you've ever been before. What if we as a congregation, we just get this, we just grab this, and we just push this thing forward. And we start to see people, and, and we are seeing it, you guys. I mean, people are coming to Christ in this congregation. We've had almost, I think, 50 new members join the church this year alone. We've got 25 life groups. So it's just people are reaching out to their friends and bringing their friends and family, and they're experiencing God transforming their life right here, right now. As a church, we just get a hold of this. And we don't, we don't, we don't just worry about our specific purpose, but we say, right now, our purpose, my purpose, is to glorify God right here and right now with my life, with my family, with my spiritual family, and we just reach out and transform the world by glorifying God with our lives. How about that? How about that? I, I, I just think that God, God can do so much. God can do so much in us. God can do so much to us. And God can do so much through us if we'll submit our lives to him. And his joy will be in us. And our joy will be full. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, I just pray that every single person in this auditorium understands and grasps as, 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 as strongly as we can that really our life is, is for nothing other than to bring glory to you. To bring glory to you. To bring honor to you. And, and that we would just live a life where we enjoy you. We enjoy one another. Our joy is full because we are glorifying you. Because we are living out a life that brings an accurate depiction of you. 
And God, for all of us who miserably fail at this on a daily basis, forgive us and help us by the power of your spirit. Give us strength, Lord, to live this out, to become increasingly better at glorifying you, increasingly better at at shining the glory of who you really are, reflecting your true nature to our friends, our family, our children, our colleagues, our co-workers, everyone around us, God, that you might be glorified, not just by us, but by everyone who sees us. Let us be the vanguard, Lord, of leadership in our community for peace, for justice, for strength, for joy, for integrity, for hope, for love. Let us be at the forefront of what you are doing on the earth, O Lord God. And let us bring glory to you in everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. May you be honored by us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody know your purpose? Amen. We uh, close the service by giving you an opportunity to worship with us in a few days.